the building blocks of a good relationship. Welcome back to Relationships First. It's David Dubay, and I'm excited that you're here today because today we're talking about the building blocks of a good relationship. Now, before I get into this, I want to share a little, little bit about what I was going to talk about when it comes to building blocks. I was thinking to myself, what, what are some good building blocks? So before I record any episode, what I do is I try to figure out you know, what, is, what a good title is or what's something that, that we want to hear. What is something that is going to help be helpful to the audience and something that, that would be powerful? And so I wrote building blocks of a good relationship. I was thinking, okay, this, this sounds pretty good. And as I started to talk it out, because I don't, I, I don't do much research. I don't do note taking. I, I don't do a lot of that stuff. I really, I just come up with a topic and I start talking. Sometimes I'll just instantly start recording the topic. And sometimes I'll do a walkthrough where I'll start talking and just see where it goes. And as I was talking about this to myself, I was thinking, you know what? This actually, there's really only one building block. There's, there's only one building block. And before I tell you what that is, I want to share two things with you. First, I want to paint a picture for you. Imagine going to get your lunch. And you got your lunch and then you come out and there's all these card tables. You know what card tables are. They're four leg they're square tables with four legs. That's what they are. And as you walk out to go sit down at a table, you have your option. There are multitudes of tables out there, some that have one leg, some that have two legs, some that have three, and some that have four. Now let me ask you a question. If you saw a table with one, two, or three legs and it was not standing, I mean, maybe the three-legged table was standing, would you sit at any of those tables? I'm going to go with, no, you wouldn't. You would sit at a table that had four legs. Because even if you sat at the table that had three legs, as soon as you put your, your tray, your plate, and your beverages down on, on this table, it might just tip right over onto you. The two-legged tables and the one-legged table, they're not even standing. So you obviously wouldn't sit at those. You would sit at the four-legged table, wouldn't you? So the idea is, if you'd sit at a four-legged table, what's the difference between a four-legged table, a three, and a two, and a one? Well, they don't have a base that holds them up appropriately. If they don't have a base that holds them up appropriately, they're no longer a table, are they? Well, here's the problem with most relationships. They don't have a base to hold them up. The base that are holding them up isn't a real base. So now let me share a story with you. So I've had several clients in similar situations. And this one here was a client of mine who was in her early 50s. And she already had, had adult children Married well over, you know, 23 years or so. And I could tell in our conversation that she was, she was keeping something from me. There was something there that she wasn't expressing to me. And so I asked her, I said, okay, what's going on? There's something more going on here that you're not expressing to me. What is it? And she started talking about how happy she was. She was so happy with where she was now in her life and what she was doing and the, 
what she was pursuing now just gave her so much joy, so much happiness. But then when she would go home and take the happiness with her, her husband, who was used to her being one way for so many years, you know, over 20 years, now she's she's a new way, a different way, a way he doesn't recognize. And he wants the old version of her back, a version of her that's no longer there. She's no longer that person. She can't be that person. And so she, you know, in this, she's realized that this isn't who she, she can't be with this person anymore. The, the man she married isn't the man she thought. And the reason is because she's not who she thought she was. She's completely someone different than she once was. And it's not to say that she wasn't happy back then. But in her new version of herself, she's no longer happy. And it, it broke her heart because she's like, I love this man. And I've loved this man for so long. But I, I can't give him what he wants because that's not the person I am. I've worked with individuals who've also been in shorter term relationships. Who realized in those relationships that they weren't the person they thought they were either. And because they weren't the person they thought they were, that when they realized that they realized that they weren't in the relationship that they should be that their relationship no longer served them and didn't make them happy anymore. Here's the thing about getting into a long-term relationship with someone is that when you are unhappy, when you realize the unhappiness that you have, it becomes so difficult to separate yourself from that relationship because you've built so much of your lives together. The, re- there's, the reasons why people don't leave long-term relationships is the fear of exiting the comfort that they've had for so long. Why, why do people stay in jobs they hate for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years? The same reason. You become comfortable, comfortable with income, comfortable with the people, even though you might hate a lot of it. You become so comfortable, you know, you have to choose new benefits. You have to choose new, like, you have to go through all these new processors. What about your 401k? What about transferring this? What about transferring that? Now you have to learn new skills, new, new, all the, all these new things. When the interesting thing is those people who actually, so surveying people who actually left the jobs that they hated and then went into new jobs where they actually were happy, like surveys, studies show that things turn out way better than people actually realize. But you don't know when you're in the situation. When, you're, when you feel desolated, when you feel like you're on an island, it feels like there's no other way. There's nothing better for you. But on average, when you do leave, majority of the time, it is for the better. And in the case of finding out and figuring out you and knowing that you are unhappy and that your happiness is paramount that when you do leave you will be happier you you will be happier but the the thing is is knowing it's you and your happiness when you leave something because you're angry about it well you take your anger anger with you so you might be angry in the next relationship but when you're doing it for happiness sakes then that's different Happiness sakes, then you find happiness because you're happy. You'll be attracted to like and similar things. So if you're angry and you're trying to find happiness, you won't find happiness because you're angry. The anger is an anchor. And you'll end up attracting someone who's similarly angst as you. 
So then what I just said, you might say something to the effect of, well, what about opposites? I heard, you know, opposites attract. It's a thing. Here's the thing about opposites that attract. They're both broken. Because they're both broken, they think they need each other to fulfill each other. But they're both broken. So when one person becomes whole, right, when they, when they satisfy themselves, when they realize, and by satisfy themselves, I'm not talking about masturbation here. What I'm talking about is they satisfy themselves where they find happiness within themselves, then they no longer need the other person in order to fill, fulfill the needs that they once did. And then that in itself breaks the relationship. It's not that opposites attract. It's that they're both broken and each other serves each other's needs in the neediness of their relationship. But when either one of them becomes whole, it breaks and fractures the relationship. But then the reason why they don't leave that relationship is because they've built a life together now. And so it's difficult to leave or walk away from that relationship. We become fearful of walking away from something that we've just built or spent so long building. You know, it's the idea of that Lego set that you love so much that once it's built, it's just, it's so amazing. But then there's all these other things you'd like to build. So you you never break that Lego set, even though you could put it back together. But the time it takes to put it back together, it's just, oh. Great analogy, right? Funny thing is, I haven't built a Lego set in like 20 years. But I can relate to that issue. I can relate to that. And I feel like a lot of people can. It's like building a puzzle, too. Once you put together a puzzle and you're like, you know, I spent like 20 hours, not consecutively, or, you know, building this 5,000 piece puzzle. And then now I'm going to just put it back in the box. <laughs> and so we become fearful of these things. When on the other side of them, oftentimes it is so much more rewarding than staying stuck or st- staying in that feeling that you get in that relationship. We all have the ability to change, transform, to do these things, but it's our want and desire to do it. So what I'm sharing with you here is that you, the, the building block that I'm talking about, there's not multitudes of building blocks in this. You know, there's, There is trust, there's communication, there's honesty. There are those things, there's intimacy. Like those are good building blocks of relationship, having a solid foundation, but the solid foundation all literally begins with knowing yourself. And if you don't know you, and if you're not happy with you, and you're looking for a relationship, you're only going to find a broken relationship by not being fully you. When you're fully you, you can be fully present. When you're fully you, you're not looking to impress someone else. And, and in the studies and in the research I've been doing on relationships, I find that a lot of people show up to, a, to the, the date and they're, they're thinking that they need to impress the other person. They're there as a, this has to be a thing of ego and impressing, I need to impress them. When in many cases, it really needs to be more of an interview Do they have the qualities you want? If you're looking for long-term, this is what you need to do. But what most people do, they're not looking, like, we don't think of long-term. We think in short-term increments. And so, you know, we can barely get past the month or the week or even the day. 
But if you are looking for a long-term, long-lasting, committed relationship, you don't go in thinking, I need to impress this person. Maybe you start to think those things after they meet criteria. But if you don't even know what the criteria is, then no, don't even bother. And here, this becomes the problem. A lot of people are throwing, they're throwing shit against the wall, hoping it's going to stick. Like meaning, I'm going on so many dates because I'm so desperate to find the one that I'm not willing to put in the work to figure out me in order to, when I get to there, then I'll have the answers that I want. Meaning when I get to the, you know, the date, because I know myself, I'll be able to do a proper interview. And now a date is kind of an interview, if you really think about it. And then there's this jockeying match or this, you know, this table tennis that goes on between the two individuals. You're getting to know each other. You're being fun, flirtatious. And you can do it. And you can do it in a way that enables you to find out what their criteria is or see if they meet your criteria. Because how much time, how much money do you want to spend on someone who doesn't meet those things? If you're looking for a long-term relationship, these are the things you have to think about that most people do not consider. Because I want you to understand this. When you're, when you are in love and when you're in love with the person who makes you, they make you feel good, but they also allow you space to be you. I I want you to really think about this. Is it more important for you to feel loved or to feel like you can fully be you? I want you to think about that. To feel loved or fully be you? Which would you prefer? I know which one you prefer. To fully be you. And the reason why we want to we want to be fully ourselves because if someone allows you to be you, the best version of you, the fullest version of you, then you know they love you. You know they love you. But if you want to feel loved, I'll give someone 20 bucks and I can guarantee they'll make you feel loved. Like I, anyone can make you feel loved. Anyone can make you feel loved. It takes a right person to allow you to be the best version of you or the fullest version of you. It doesn't even have to be the best version. The fullest version of you. Because the people who allow you to be vulnerable around them, they, they make you feel safe. Think about that. Have you ever been gaslit before? Do you feel safe around someone like that? Like if it's a coworker, you don't feel like you could share a single thing that's personal because what if tomorrow they gaslight you? 
How about someone that insults you for being you or for like saying that thing? Like you, you say something accidentally and then they berate you in front of an audience of people that you know, they know, you all know, or you don't know, but they do it in public. Does that make you feel good? Does that make you feel safe around them? It doesn't, does it? When you know that someone can allow you to be the fullest version of you, or you just you're able to be that way around them, you feel safe and you feel loved all the time in that. And this is where most relationships fail. Not all relationships, but a vast majority of them. And to no fault of anyone, anyone's for the fact that they haven't been taught that these are things that they should know and that they should do and should utilize in their life. Like so many people hold conditions to their love when in reality love is unconditional. So there's no condition to it. So if there is a condition to love, it's not real love. It's a control thing. It's a fallacy. So yes, communication is important. Trust and honesty are important. Those are obviously important. But if you can't be fully you, does do you want to communicate fully when you can't be fully you? When you can't be the best version of you or the most the fullest version of yourself in any moment? Does it make it easy to communicate when you can't be that? When you have to walk on eggshells? No. If you have to walk on eggshells, you're not even in the real relationship that you want to be in. If you're worried about all these things, you're not where you obviously want to be. And that's where a vast majority of people are. They're not where they want to be. I think I've driven the point home here. Enough. The premise is know know thyself before you know thy neighbor. (laughs) Or in this case, the person you want to possibly date and get into a serious relationship with, maybe down the road have a family with. All important stuff to know thyself first. So I have several things for you here. Don't want to overburden you. I don't want to confuse you. I really want to make it simple for you. So if you don't know yourself and you want help doing just that, here's the deal. I help single professionals avoid meaningless hookups, bad dates, countless hours of time and money spent so that they can have the relationship they want and desire in 90 days or less. If that's you, if that's if that defines who you are right now in this moment, then reach out to me. Apply to work with me. I have a program that I put together to help people do just this. In order to apply, you have to go to relationships with an S dash first dot com forward slash apply. That is relationships dash first dot com forward slash apply. You apply there, and then we have a conversation. I learn where you're at. You learn 
what the program's about. If you're still interested in that time, we move forward. If not, great. I I have resources available to help you as well. So if it seems like it's not going to work out for either of us, I have some resources I can give you. Now, with that being said, if this was useful for you, if this episode gave you something that maybe you didn't even think about, then do, do yourself a favor. Actually, really do the world a favor. Share this out. Let more people hear this. This stuff is invaluable. It enables people to have greater relationships, better relationships. This doesn't just apply to intimate relationships. This applies to all relationships. The better you know yourself, the better relationships you have with everyone in your life. Other than that, you know, subscribe. Subscribe to this. If this was obviously if this is good, you're going to subscribe. Rate us. Let us know how we're doing. Join our private community, relationships-first.com. That's relationships with an S-first.com. That being said, it's David Dubay, and I look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. Take care.